0: Over the years I've been asked numerous times when I'm going to settle down and when I'll find a nice girl to have some kids with. I've never been too bothered by people asking me that and for the most part my single life has been pretty great. Over the last 20 years of adult life I've been in a relationship for about 25% of the time. The rest I've lived as a single guy with little to no plans of, quote, finding a partner. Of course I've always viewed it as something amazing that I'd like to have and I've not shut myself off from the possibility But I've known that if i focused on the relationship and not the person who I get into a relationship with, then it's doomed for failure. So my views on single life have changed dramatically. I used to view it as a transient space in between relationships that I should be doing my utmost to get out of, but now I see being single as a place where I live, and I do my best to be the best version of myself there. Perhaps one day I'll need somebody to share that with, but if I don't, uh, that's okay. So views on what relationships people should have have changed recently. They're much more open and welcoming to alternative forms of relationships, including those who are focused on being single. I'll add that having an opinion on how other people should live is especially irritating and destructive. But regardless, people will have opinions. In today's podcast, I got to speak with two people who have embraced the single life more than others. In the second half of the pod, you'll hear from Linda Doctor, who gained notoriety for marrying herself in a beautiful ceremony on the beach. But first, we'll hear from academic Bella de Paolo who is an activist who fights for the rights of single people under the term singlism. I hadn't heard of the term before until I started doing some digging and I found it first cited in a book called The Single Parent, Volume 18, page 23, and the quote goes like this. It doesn't take long for a widowed or divorced parent to find out that our couple oriented society has forged a modern phenomenon which might be termed singlism. So now that we have another word in our vocabulary, let's hear from Bella. Oh, and don't be alarmed when you hear the train.
1: My name is Bella DiPaolo and I've been studying single people for more than two decades. I'm interested in um, what makes their lives wonderful, what challenges they face, and mostly I'm interested in debunking all the stereotypes that put them down. Uh,
0: um, so um, from from the work that I've seen from you, um, the word singlism comes out. Um, can you explain a little bit about what singlism is?
1: Right, singlism is something like racism or sexism or ageism. It's the stereotyping, stigmatizing, um, marginalizing, and discriminating against people who are single.
0: I see. Um, how did you first? How did this first come to, to mind for you, Bella? What what, what was it that um, that uh, stoked the fire in you?
1: Well, I've been single all my life, and people seem to have this idea that everybody wants to get married and nobody would ever want to be single, but that wasn't true for me. I loved being single, except for certain things. For example, people seem to uh, think that, oh, because I was single, I didn't have anything to do, and I didn't have a life, so I could stay later at work or cover the assignments nobody else wanted, or people <laughs> would <laughs> yeah <laughs> treat me like I wasn't really completely an adult. You know, they'd invite me to their kids' birthday parties, but not to dinner on the weekends. And and so I started asking other single people if they ever had those experiences. And oh my gosh, I got so much, so many responses from them. It seemed like people, single people had all sorts of experiences like mine, and they were really passionate about discussing them. So that's when I thought, oh, I really need to write about this. And that's when I decided to write my first book, Singled Out, How Singles Are Stereotyped, Stigmatized, and Ignored, and Still Live Happily Ever After.
0: (laughs) I've I got to say, you, I, I would imagine that you've had a really good time doing all this work. Uh, um, from my experience I, hanging out with people, uh, you know, especially single people, you would have uh, really interesting conversations, I would imagine.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's just been fascinating. And it's been going on for decades, and it's still fascinating.
0: What, what, are, your, what are your goals with your research? What, who are you talking to, and what, what are you wishing to express to the world?
1: Yes, well, of course I'm talking to single people because I want them to realize that that living single can be a wonderful life and they shouldn't feel defensive about it or feel like they're, they're second rate. And then to people other than single people, to recognize that single life is a valid life. And to some people, it's the most meaningful, fulfilling way of living Possible And just because some people enjoy being single and find that it's their best life, that's not a threat to everyone else because people who want to be coupled, who want to be married, can still do so. It, it, what I'm advocating is greater choice for people to be able to follow the life paths that work best for them.
0: It sounds like you're almost talking ideologically rather than practically. Um, Does that sound... Um,
1: Well, yes. What I just described to you is very ideological. But I also really care about the practical things too. Um, Everything from... Um, Single people should not be getting charged more in the restaurants or in the travel industry or in everyday life or in memberships or anything else. Mm -hmm. um, To the big things such as laws, for example, in the United States, there are more than a thousand laws that benefit and protect only people who are legally married. And that sometimes involves financial protection so the people who are legally married are um have opportunities to be more protected financially to make more money to be tax less and, and so so there are big big things both practically and ideologically that hmm. matter to me.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, my next question uh, was actually going to be about um the USA versus globally and uh I, is it, is it primarily a, a USA issue to you or, or do you see it happening globally?
1: Um, well, yes, it is global. There are certain demographic trends that are changing all over the world. For example, the age at which people first marry has been getting older and older and older. And so now you have whole generations of people who have spent maybe a lot or most of their 20s, and in some places beyond their 20s, being single. And that's a whole different thing than when people uh, get married very young. And there's also growing numbers of people who stay single. And of those who do marry, the rate of divorce has been increasing globally. So in so many ways, all around the world, living single has become
0: totally ordinary. Totally ordinary. And, and I suppose if, you, if we consider um, the context, I, I suppose it's a fairly modern context of identity and uh, individualism and independence, uh, especially in a world now where any single person can be an independent entity to themselves without needing uh, a partner. It's, it's actually a fairly new way of living.
1: Yes, and you're right about the individualism, the attitudes we have now, the mindset is that people can live in different ways. They can have different values, different ways of living a good life. So that's important. And so are the opportunities to live uh, to live your own life. That's become especially more possible for women if and when their place in society, Becomes more secure. So, for example, when women have access to more different kinds of jobs and better-paying jobs, and then they can support themselves, they're not dependent on a husband for economic life support. They can support themselves, and sometimes they can even support um, their own children. I don't know if you can hear this. I can.
0: <laughs> it's a trade.
1: Yeah, I live in this little tiny town of Summerland, which is right near the beach. And there's a train that goes by. It's it's a wonderful train. You can sit on the top and see the ocean as you go to your destination. I love the train, but it, it is noisy.
0: It is, but that that was a beautiful interlude. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right, I'm acutely aware of the that we don't have much time, Bella. So I just want to uh, tap into some questions here, and the one is. Um, with many isms, um, there's language involved. And I'm, I'm wondering whether you have uh, anything to impart upon us um, the language of singleism, if there is any. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, so people sometimes use words like alone or unattached to mean single people. And that's exactly wrong because single people can have attachments and do have attachments to close friends, to family, to people who matter to them. So that's wrong. And the alone part is wrong because more and more research is showing that it is single people who are maintaining their connections to their friends, their relatives, their neighbors, their uh, co-workers. And it's the people who, the couples who move in together or who get married who tend to become more insular. Now, most of these studies were done in the United States and other Western countries, so I'm not sure how it applies other places, but in the United States, when couples move in together, when they get married, they start looking mostly to each other, and they put their friends on the back burner. They stay in touch with their parents less. They become their own little world. So, it's not the single people who are alone or unattached or isolated. It's the married people who tend to do that. Not all of them, of course, but in general.
0: Um, are there any um, are there are there singlist actions uh, that people might consider harmless, uh, but are considered problematic by a, a single person?
1: Sure. When you ask people, "Well, why are you single? Why aren't you married?" If you wouldn't say the same thing to a married person, like, why are you still married? (laughs) Or, you know, when did you last have sex? Then don't ask it to a single person. (laughs) Uh, And the other thing people do a lot in the United States and some other countries, too, is once they get married, they end up just hanging out with other couples. And then these friends that they may have had for years and years and years get ditched
0: and that's really ridiculous. Yeah. I, I you know what it, it it does it does seem ridiculous and I know as a, a person who has been single most of his adult life um that uh, th- these kind of things have affected me so when i hear you speak they they certainly resonate. Um i'm interested in uh, w- what seriousness you take this is is this um is this something that you you're wanting people to really take notice of or is it is it a light academic academic study how, how how strongly do you feel about about the, the term and about your study
1: um i think it's very serious and mm-hmm. um you know if we didn't have this singulism, this stereotyping stigmatizing and discrimination against single people of course it would be a benefit to single people but it would also be a benefit to anyone who is interested in romantic coupling and marriage because then they can pursue that from a position of strength Mm. so instead of running away from single life and ooh, i don't want to do that that would be so awful i would feel like a bad person a, a a um, a damaged person, instead they can go toward marriage as something they want, something that adds to their life, running to it instead of running away from single life. And, of course, there's all the really um, serious ways that singleism hurts single people. For, for example, it, it makes them more likely to be impoverished. They're, they are less in the United States. They're less protected in terms of their health. They have less access to affordable health care. The laws are more likely to protect um, you know, if you have uh, a spouse and they don't protect, for example, for example, a close friend. So if you want to take time off from work to care for your spouse or your spouse wants to do that for you, you can do that under what's called the Family and Medical Leave Act in the United States. But I, as a single person, can't take time off to care for a sibling or a close friend, and no such person can care for me. So these are really serious ways in which single people are not afforded the same life opportunities that married people are.
0: That's a fascinating answer, and and something that really struck me there is that um, not only are, is that discriminatory against the, the single person themselves, but the very person... Who they need help from um, exactly. and that right. person might, might very well not be a single person or they might be they might be an, right. and really what the important exactly. thing is is, it, is that it's immaterial whether they're right. single or not
1: right and you know that also goes to another point I, I study the stereotypes of single people and what the research really shows and every stereotype is wrong including <laughs> the one that's self-centered they're actually the ones who are more likely to step up if somebody needs help, um, if somebody needs um, caring? Hmm. It, it's single people who are likely to be there.
0: Um, an, an example actually that I was I was discussing this with one of my colleagues earlier, and they were saying um, that they they often encounter a situation um, amongst uh, themselves and their friends where um, a partner. Um, a a person who is in a partnership in a traditional sense um, is not allowed to go out with a person who is single because they are uh, supposedly a bad influence. Um, And I've never heard that before. And it's, it's incredible once you start talking about these issues, how the stories come out and they reveal and and people have, have opinions on this.
1: Yes. And it's, you know, there's one version of what you just said, which is about, you know, romantic jealousy, but, in in other versions, it's like the the couples want each other to themselves, so they don't even want their friends to socialize with their same sex friends. You know, it's like no, you're all mine. You have to be with mm. me all the time, and that's pretty silly too.
0: So uh, with every with every group of people that's marginalized in some way, there's always ways that people who are not part of that uh, marginalized group can help. Um, so uh, do you have ways that allies of, allies of single people can help?
1: Um, sure. That's everything from the little, um, habits of everyday life, like include your single friends when you do things and not just to, to, to lunch or your children's birthday parties, to more important ones, like stand up for singles when you see that they're being treated unfairly. And that could be anything from little things like charging single people more per person to the big things like the way that single people are discriminated against in-laws.
0: All right. This is the last one for you, Bella. What is an idea the world needs to know?
1: That all the stereotypes about single people are untrue and it's usually just the opposite.
0: All right. Well, Bella, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you taking it out for me and and, and, uh, illuminating something that I didn't know. And hopefully our listeners can learn something new.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That was Bella DePaulo. Next you'll hear Linda Doctor.
2: Yeah, so I um, well, very, very honored to be here. I'm, I'm a—I call myself the voice of love, freedom, and choice, and I help people connect back to their own truth into em- into emotional embodiment, and just so they can step into a expand into a life of um, complete freedom.
0: Hmm, a life so of complete life. freedom. What does that mean? Um, uh, how are we not free, and how are you helping people live free?
2: So uh, when I, you know, freedom is one of my highest values, and that's why I call myself the, the voice of love, freedom, and choice. And freedom to me really means freedom in all areas of life, freedom within self, freedom within our emotions, freedom with our finances, our lifestyle within our relationships. Hmm. So it really comes down to connecting to, you know, what your truth is and honoring that so that you then living a life that's aligned to yourself.
0: Um, so the, the reason I suppose that, we're, well, the, the reason that I wanted to chat with you was um, because um, I'm exploring, um, well, not I, am um, in our exploring uh, single Single life, uh, what we call the single life. Um, uh, We're noticing a lot of our friends and family and um, the general zeitgeist people talking about being single and embracing that singleness, um, not so much as a, oh, I'm single now while I'm waiting for a partner, but just that I'm single and that's what it is. And if I have a partner in the future, that would be nice, but that's not what the goals are. Um, The goals are to be happy within oneself. Um, and so uh, you know there's obviously a lot more to you but what brought you great fame um, as far as um, I'm aware is that you married yourself um, uh, on a beach with a mirror uh, why don't you tell us a bit about that?
2: yeah sure so it's a really fascinating thing because um, years and years ago i was I was caught up in uh, abusive relationships and and of course you know I, I coach in the space of how we're showing up for ourselves is how the world's going to reflect back to us, including our friendships and our environment and our relationships. So I found myself in really, really um, negative and, and toxic and, and abusive relationships. So this is years and years ago. And, um, and then I had another relationship, which, which wasn't abusive, but it was just wasn't aligned, didn't feel great in the end, and that was about three years ago. And what I decided from that point was that I really wanted to enter into a conscious relationship with myself. And, um, and I really wanted to really just, just tap into the unconditional love and honouring of myself because quite often we get so caught up in treating others nice, but how are we actually treating ourselves? And I was in that space of questioning myself of how am I actually treating myself and showing up for me. So then I had a friend um, called EJ. She asked um, she asked me, or she actually mentioned she was going to start facilitating self-marriage ceremonies. And um, we had this conversation, just a very lighthearted conversation, and she said, well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna marry myself. Would you want to do it with me? Like we'll do it at the same time. So it was Valentine's Day two and a half years ago. It was just gonna be a very quiet, you know, ceremonies life. I live my life that anyway. You know, there's full moon rituals. There's there's also morning rituals, and this just ended up becoming a self love ritual for me. So I didn't invite, you know, big crowds or anything like that. It was a very, very private thing. And little did I know that this was going to become a thing all <laughs> around the world. <laughs>
0: well, I suppose it's, you know, it's it's something that uh, knocks us out of our comfort zones. Uh, we're not used to, I, I'm sure you've had so many so many opinions, um, thrown at it, um, which must've been so interesting and, and, and something which is uh, at the end of the day, entirely unfair, whether they're positive or negative opinions, because this is your life and you decide what you do, right. And I suppose that that is the freedom that you were looking for and and were expressing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our opinions and and it's just a projection of our own belief systems and and you know we are brought up in a society that tells us this, this is how we, we have to live our, our life. So I'm very much outside of that box.
0: <laughs> um, on that point, uh, the the world's telling us how we're supposed to live our life. Um, just before just before this, I spoke with a lady called Bella De Paolo. I don't know if you know Bella, but she is um, an activist in the US, um, where she an academic and an activist where she studies and fights for the rights of single people um she's coined the term singlism um i don't know if that mm-hmm. resonates with you do you have you heard of the term or or her work
2: i have heard of the term yes mm. absolutely and there are definitely people out there who choose this kind of um lifestyle and way of life and mm. you know at the end of the day we are creating our own right and wrong in life and what we this is once again coming back to personal freedom of how we but how we get and choose to live our own life and mm. what makes us happy
0: she was saying that um, uh, amongst other things that uh, single people are actually um, prejudiced against, um, especially in the States, because that's where her field of study is, but she's done global work, um, which is quite interesting. I, you know, She speaks about things like single people are more likely to be impoverished. They have less affordable health care. Um, and then all the way up until you know, the aunts and the uncles were are like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? Where are the kids? Um, d- d- does that resonate with you? Um, I mean, I'm a single person and... I don't really feel that singlism is, affects me, but maybe it's a, not a South African thing. And, you know, maybe I'm just not uh, woke enough. Um, but how does, it, uh, how does that feel to you?
2: Um, you know, like, there's so much out there. And I guess, you know, I feel to a point that it is discrimination and it creates separation in our, in our society. Where we are told to live life a certain way, so we're basically, mm. we basically we we're forced to live life by certain rules, and if we don't, then we're being strange or weird, or or you know there's a lot of projection around that. Yeah, and um yeah, so it's you know it, once again it really comes down to every every single person's individual. Choice, but I really, I personally don't agree with creating separation in this world. The way what I stand for is is love and oneness and wholeness. Hmm. And yeah, that comes back to our own truth of who we really are.
0: So, what are some of the what what are some of the pros and the cons that have come from uh, from the ceremony itself? Did you feel a a, an, a change in yourself after you did that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. the The whole point and the commitment that I made with myself was to, you know, move into a more conscious relationship with myself. It wasn't to, you know, cut out all the men from my life. That was never the intention at all, and that still isn't the intention. So it's interesting what you know, <laughs> how the news exploded. Um, but it, it it really was that that turning point for me, and I really started to embody higher levels of self-awareness in how I'm showing up for myself, how I'm responding, how I'm reacting. Am I honoring my own boundaries? Am I, you know, self-love is so much more than just baths and getting our nails done or getting massages. You know, there's a misconception about self-love. I believe that it it really is about honoring our own truth and living from that space, you know, speaking our truth, living our truth, and finding courage to actually just be ourselves unapologetically. That's the ultimate, ultimate self-love to me.
0: Um, that's really interesting Uh, you know we, we spend our whole lives being taught how to make other people happy or uh find ways to make other people comfortable and um i suppose at the end of the day if you don't look after number one then you can't look after other people you if you're unwell if you're not looking after your mental health then there's no way you can be the kind of person that you need to be for others um family friends or partners um it's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned um, that it's not to cut out relationships uh, or the possibility thereof, but is more a, um, an acknowledgement that you exist as a human being um, and you have your own desires, wants and needs that need to be addressed, um, which we forget. We, we focus so much on, on making other people happy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that, you know, relationships is about two people coming together as a whole, um, whereas in the society we're so programmed to think that you complete me, it's that finding that other half and we're a half and that's the second half. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe that we get to be a whole. We get to really work on ourselves and step into our own truth and then the other person, another whole, comes together so you align and collide in this, this you know, um, sacred union, mm-hmm. really, you know, love. So um, that's that's really what it's been about for me to take full ownership of, of who I am and what I want. And then it's that someone else will eventually align to, you know, how I'm showing up in this world because, you know, we're so programmed to want external things to fill us up. I need this and I need a partner or I need food or I need whatever else it is to make ourselves feel fulfilled or complete.
0: Um, so uh, how, how are reactions from uh, your friends and, uh, and, and family?
2: Um, mixed reviews, I mean, my friends, the, the the circles that I move in now are very, it's a very con- conscious community and they, they fully understand where I'm coming from. There's been multiple, multiple friends and people who have, you know, done a very similar thing, like self honoring ritual. And, um, and of course, you know, some people have their opinions. So this really just, I shared one post on social media and I had a couple of, you know, questions of what is this? And a couple of projections from their own belief systems. But then, really, when it went about a year ago, when it went global, then the media got, got uh, caught, up, caught up to these news and, and there was interesting projections. But I would say probably 95% of the feedback and the comments was really, really negative. Really? Which, yeah, it concerns me because of the level of, you know, that I, I believe that this world really needs more love. It uh,
0: does. It's it's strange how otherness uh, really creates fear and and uh, anxiety in people that they would react like that. You're literally telling people to love themselves, and they're getting upset about it. Um, so, so I I was just about to say some say something, and I think what you 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 just mentioned uh, kind of debunks that a bit. But um, I was under the impression, and well, we we under the impression that um, there is a gr- a growing um, appreciation for a single person. Um, both as themselves and societally, um, I, I know so many people who are um, deciding to be single. Um, not that they're cutting out the future, as you mentioned, but um, are really f- friendlier to the idea that you don't need to have a partner, um, and that chosen family can fulfill so many of the needs of a of a human being uh, of intimacy, of care, of of community, um, and that friends are often safer than than throwing yourself into another Tinder right swipe.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think people are starting to really wake up to their choices, that they have freedom of choice of how they want to live, live their life. But there is a bit of a shadow aspect to this as well, where a lot of people are choosing to be single because they've created this protective layer uh, and they, they get really scared of getting hurt and hence they just close off. So I believe that, this really depends on the space that we're making the decision from.
0: Why, why do you think um, society is becoming friendlier to alternative ways of living? Um, you know, something, something like this, uh, sologamy or um, uh, polyamory, um, open relationships, it seems to be less taboo, less um, frowned upon these days. Why do you think that's happening, if you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely happened. There's this huge transformation and, and, you know, evolvement in this world and technology is moving at a rapid speed. We as a, as a human species, we are evolving. Consciousness is evolving and I think that right now there is a global conscious awakening um, and we are just waking up to a new way of living. We're waking up to who we truly are. We're starting to remember who we truly are and connecting to our own truth and realising that. For so long, we've been living from a certain paradigm of rules and telling, well, society telling us how we need to live. But here's the thing. Why are so many people, if that was really the reason and the solution to everything, to follow that system, wouldn't more of us be thriving? Wouldn't more of us be feeling fulfilled and be happy? Whereas that's the old paradigm and we still, we, we follow that. You know, we go and have, go and marry and have kids and get the house and all of a sudden realize, hey, we're still not fulfilled. So the old paradigm, it, it, there's something going on with that and people are starting to wake up that that is not necessarily the solution for everybody.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the idea that we have to live the instinctive, antiquated lives that um, they've been doing for the last 200 years, which, and, which were also like, enforced upon on people. Um, even initially like these kind of things were maybe religious or, uh, and, you know, people are forced into living certain ways and that's just no longer the case. Um, mm. Linda, where can our, uh, listeners uh, find out more about you and what you do?
2: I do a lot of things on social media. So I've got my Facebook, uh, Linda Live doctor and, um, my how do you spell doctor? You better spell you.
0: doctor there for us
2: d-o-k-t-a-r there we go <laughs> <laughs>
0: and
2: uh, and i've got a facebook uh, sorry a um, uh, instagram page i've got a website so that's linda is the is the website so yeah i, I well, get around in there sharing my message
0: so. <laughs> well thanks for very much for joining us from sunny bali i uh, hope the rest of your travels are exciting and um, I'll see you uh, the next time uh, I'm clicking on your Instagram. Excellent!
2: Thanks Cheers, so eh? much. Thanks,
0: A. Eh? Bye.